We uh, we up and run them? Yeah, we're recording. We're, we're, we're hot. These mics are hot. Are you guys rolling? Okay, well, we may want to leave that in anyway. Okay, uh, good day. And this is our album. Oh, we should even start the album. With, like, wait, wait, I'm behind what? the mic. Hold okay, it, hold get it. in. Good day. We'll start off like we do. You do oh, the thing, yeah. Okay, good day. I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother Doug. How's it going, eh? Welcome to the Great White Album. <laughs> Take oh. off the Great White North album. album. This is our album, and welcome to it. Good day. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Okay, people. Hey, welcome back to the Great Time Podcast. Coming at you on this snowy Christmas, live from the North Pole. Really? Well, you did find some North Pole stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's where we're going. I'm like, live from the North Pole. Remember, we're going to do a new yeah, yeah, North Pole yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I, it's all coming back to me. So, anyway, North Pole. Yeah, coming at you live from the North Pole. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to buy that. They will. They yeah. will once we're done with this story. There is... Um, when we describe I, I can, the, the I frozen can, tundra. Well, they'll know because of how we describe it. There's, there's reindeer everywhere. Candy canes. There's a fat guy. There's a big fat guy with a beard. Now that could be mistaken with for a me. Big, with a big red suit, <laughs> and that is—it's um, not Santa Claus. It's just one of these guys in his uh, old old Poseidon uni suit going to go diving under the ice. So, in celebration of old Sandy Claus, <laughs> old Brando and I decided to take a little, a little, little look at the North Pole. Imaginary trip to the take North a, Pole. Take a trip. Take a little trip to the North Pole. Uh, good choice of words, considering today's the day they legalized pot here in Michigan. So we're going to take a little trip, yo. <laughs> Let's go to the North Pole, man. There's been a few different claims of, of being the first people to dive up at the North Pole. Word. Now, there's a, there's a bunch of new tour operators that are running expeditions yeah. up there, and yeah. they look really amazing. Yeah. You know, some pretty cool stuff nowadays, like really amazing marine life, just gorgeous water. But definitely, you know, uh, you know, we can, we can speak from experience being, uh, you know, doing ice diving every year. It is. It's cold. Cold as a mother. And you get below, you get below 20 degrees Fahrenheit when you're ice diving, like on land. On land, you know, yes. You know, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. getting it ready. a whole it makes it slew difficult. of problems, yeah. Frozen gear, frozen suits. <laughs> these guys are doing like forty-five below. Yeah, you know, on, on some of these dives. You know, yeah. now granted, like they're they're they've going the with this full though. expedition mm-hmm. type equipment. You know, so yeah. they've got these habitats where they right, can, they can heat they up can the make shelters, it, you know, 50, 60 degrees yeah. Fahrenheit inside the, the habitat. Right. But still, I mean, that's some intense. Oh, that's what we should conditions. have done in our in our. So we need to be doing. That's I'm on this it. year. <laughs> I want to do this ice ice diving in a speedo. I want a hot tub ready. <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. So here's a here's a pretty cool story from now. now this is um, a story from 2011. Oh, we're hopping right into this. What what magazine are we? Uh... So as I'm looking around, you know, trying to find, you know, some more info about diving the North Pole, and now that I'm ready to to go myself because uh, 
some of these dives just looked absolutely incredible. I found a, a story out of X-Ray Magazine from 2011, which talks about a Russian expedition back in 2007, where they went up to the North Pole to actually plant a Russian flag right. on the seabed floor. Was it a military dive, or was just these are just guys from the dive club? Uh, I believe it was military. Ah, so they were funded. So they mentioned that the water was just negative one Celsius, with the air at a balmy zero degrees Celsius. This is in August of 2007. I was going to say, that's uh, not too bad. I mean, we've had close to that. I mean, we don't get below freezing in our freshwater. This is at the the height of the, the summer warmth. Right. You know, when they went and did this, and they uh, they dropped um, dropped two uh, Russian subs. They dropped them? Sent down and uh, touched down on the seabed floor 4,261 meters deep and planted the old Russian flag. Okay. Well, that's not really diving. I guess it's diving in the sense of a sub. I don't count that. Now, in, um, in underwaterphotographyguide.com, uwphotographyguide.com, They have a a story of diving the Arctic where photographer Kevin Lee shared some stories and some photos. They they were up way up in Svalbard, Norway. Svalbard? I love that town. They've got a uh, Sheehan's there that is phenomenal. The jukebox and the Sheehan's in Svalbard is phenomenal. uh, About 600 miles away from the actual North Pole itself. Okay, so they don't count. We're actually we're actually twenty seven hundred miles away from the North Pole itself. Twenty seven hundred, right? Yeah, because when you, you know, get when you get past things. five, it doesn't really give it does nothing for me. I'm like, you might as well be fucking twenty seven hundred miles away. Might as well be here at Sheehan's having a, a you know beer. Now the funny thing is, like we go up when we went up to the our northern Michigan to go do some of those ice dives. We were last one year, mile from the north. We passed and crossed over that forty fifth parallel, right? right? Which is a, equal distance from the North Pole to the the equator. For those who may not, be yes, familiar. we we passed through that going through northern Michigan. But when you're looking at where that Resolute Bay is, that's up at like the seventy eighth parallel, Word. and even uh, Anchorage, Alaska, I was looking. That's at like seventy at the 71st word way to the north yes it's pretty high up there so these guys um in this article on underwater photography god he mentions that in six days they completed eight dives water temps varied from 29 to 41 degrees visibility ranged anywhere from 5 to 50 feet 50 feet and he says that the dive duration was limited not by the amount of air in their 80 cubic foot tanks but by the capacity for them to endure the increasing pain from the frigid waters which first cost the hands and then the feet definitely the case right i mean that's it costs that like a, you have to a pay cost, a cost oh it would a cost as in a sale as in do damage to correct okay i like that he's a writer he's got a flair for vocabulary uh his longest dive he mentions was 61 minutes oh that's a that's a good that's, that's a good. That's a, that's good, a good run good, under the ice. You know, it's a good in ice third water. place to our our sixty three minutes. <laughs> well, how long were we in the ice that under the ice that that one well, time? We, we were <laughs> four hours, but yeah. we cheated a little. We bit cheated we, with because we were warmers, coming back to yeah. the to the hole to and, let and off heating our hands up and yeah. dropping off students, but still four hours in the hole. That was that was that you was like, a good. Did you run. ever hear that song by Humble Pie? Four hours in the four hole. Four hours in, in the, the hole. hole. <laughs> I love that song. Now, he had a couple of um, mentally challenged people that he took on the dive with him. Don't we all? <laughs> he, he must be an instructor. <laughs> he, he, mentions, <laughs> he mentions a few brave souls utilized wet gloves and were usually the first out of the water. Brave but stupid. Some with dry gloves experienced leaks and had to call their dive within minutes. The usual. In other words, that's the usual. Those are all like... It's like the common thing to go wrong, you know. I, I, you know, not wet gloves because we know better. We know well, better. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. just you're just setting yourself up for, for failure. Tor- for, yeah. yeah, torture and torture failure. and failure. Yeah. Um, and then when you can't use your hands, well, things go because, downhill. Yeah, because even you got little ice nubs. You know, those ice blocks you have on your hand and <laughs> end of your arms. Literally. Yeah. Well, it feels like you're like I'm just poking, <laughs> poking things. <laughs> they look like they're moving, but I can't feel them. It's literally like 
like the penguin. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you just got a little... penguin hands, <laughs> yes. lobster claws, lobster claws, lobster hands, lobster hands. Now, some of the early, some of the early dives, like uh, the Joe McInnes dive, which is pretty cool. That's the Canadian one. Eh? you know they're they're just like in open water for the most part, right? But now they're learning more about that polar environment, so they're getting to places where you're seeing more interesting marine life not mm-hmm. just the underside of the ice right and this uh kevin lee article he talks about how at most dive sites there was a surprising thicket of kelp among which flourished amphipods stars snails tunicates anemones crabs and other crustaceans and a few fish the largest a dark sculpin like fish at eight inches long uh, they did one bottomless open water dive at the edge of an ice sheet where buoyancy was difficult to control due to the constant mixing of fresh and salt waters of differing densities. But there's some pretty cool pictures of some uh, uh, interesting macro-y type stuff, eh? Yeah, that is pretty cool stuff. You know, I know you're a big... Uh, you, you, I'm a wide you, angle, you but that, I do you have the macro. appreciation for, for Whoa, good photos, you know? Fudge, yeah. You have to because it's so difficult to go underwater and get i mean when you know what's involved in getting a really good picture then you look at macro macro you got to have some uh, respect for because if you do macro here on land you know it's kind of a pain uh trying to get a a really good macro shot where everything's in focus and then to do it underwater it takes some takes some work especially know-how expertise and then add to that freezing ass cold water add to it freezing ass cold water F-A-C-W. Uh, beware of the we're gonna FACWA. Do, <laughs> we're going to do some F-A-C-W dives. FACWA. FACWA coming up. Now, under, he gives some underwater photo tips that uh, you can maybe uh, uh, help us out with here a little bit. Uh-oh. So he used a Nikon D300 uh, with a 60 millimeter macro lens. Okay. 1.4 times teleconverter, which worked well for macro shots. Straight up. He mentions that the visibility was good enough for wide-angle photography, though they had more opportunity with what they were shooting the with the macro. Yeah, all the you know the cool things to see are little piece, little little life forms, small life forms. Yeah, because yeah. now the, some of the surface pictures, you know, they're in relatively open water. Right. With, with, it must have been the time of year they were yeah. there, and it's more floating icebergs on the surface, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or sheets of ice on the surface, not big, big, fully covered square miles of ice like you you at first think whereas some of the the stuff that uh, was in the mcginnis video or the mcginnis film they're diving these like really awesome pressure ridges of really amazing just ice pounded crushed you know Mm -hmm. uh, and, and basically building a mountain below the surface right which there the wide angle is what you would want right you want to show all that and but trying to get these little critters with that the wide are, angle, you're not appreciating it. Yeah, you're not going to be able to because it's just the little critters. And he says he was using a CNC housing, uh, dual YS110A strobes. Something camera gear should be kept outside to minimize condensation. This is not necessary, as the author does not recommend this. He says, "I would agree with the author." Yeah, mm-hmm. He's, he mentions that the air is so arid. Condensation is not a problem as long as there is good ventilation inside your room. After each dive, change batteries on both the camera and the strobes as batteries have significantly shorter lives in cold temperatures. Yeah, if you're using the higher tech stuff, you know, lithium, nickel, metal hydride, yikes. Yeah, now you're 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 just sucking the juice right out of it. No cold cold does that. Yeah, so if you're up on a on a photo trip mm-hmm. and you're in that really really cold water mm-hmm. it's a little bit different for us because we're doing you know one one day we're out there right fully rigged to go versus these guys getting in you know oh they have to for, travel for, for a while to get days. To yeah, it, yeah. yeah he mentions uh dry gloves are best with me with medium inner gloves providing enough dexterity to operate housing buttons mm-hmm. in other words what he's what he's really saying between the lines is when you're diving this environment, you get in, you get the job done. And get the f*** out. Yeah, because yeah. it's not going to be long before your fingers aren't even going to be able to work the controls and dowsing. Right. You're going to use the the side of your hand and the weight of your whole arm just to fire the shutter mm-hmm. to take a picture eventually. Oh, yeah. Well, 
that is probably one of the biggest considerations doing the ice diving expedition kind of thing. Even when we did our little kooka dive, traveling out to the ice and everything, my gear froze up, my my rags froze. Oh yeah, just little stupid shit like that. These little things. So you gotta okay. What are we gonna do? Well, throw the gear in the water, let it thaw out. Yeah, it's the only place you could get nearly it thawed. A, nearly a mile out in the middle of a yeah, and then of a completely the frozen. And it was freezing. Tundra lake, it was windy and frozen, and uh, windy and, f- and freezing, I should say. But yeah, all those things start to take a, a toll on your your own thermal. You know, even if you're dressed warm, taking the time and having to sit out, and then you get in the water, you just want to take care of business and get the hell out of there. So if you look at the <clears throat> diving almanac. The diving almanac. Diving almanac. Farmers diving. got a fucking almanac. Divers got a goddamn almanac. Who doesn't have an almanac? The podcaster's almanac. Have you looked at that recently? Podcaster's almanac. What are we going to talk about? <laughs> oh, let's, let's consult the book of armaments. Let's consult the podcaster's almanac. What did the podcasters say is going to happen? Well, it's going to be a hard winter. Things going to be a hard winter this year. <laughs> no, well, what this makes is you say me. that? Well... This is full of diving records and aquatic superlatives. Aquatic superlatives. So what's that? Like, this is the fishiest. What, what? This is the most fishiest I've ever seen. <laughs> this are, is the yeah. saltiest, oceanicest environment I've ever been in. So they, yes, th- those are the types of uh, literary <laughs> excellence words that they use. So... They say that the first dive at the North Pole was conducted by <clears throat> Dr. Joseph McInnes out of Canada. And the Canadian Geological Survey divers, Dr. Patrick McLaren and David Froble. Let's, let's uh, just add some doctors on our names. You and me, all right? Dr. James Mott. Can, Dr. James Mott will be playing... Uh, in... Well, listen, I, uh, I, I'm not officially a doctor, but I did dress up as one for Halloween one time. Oh, so I, I have. So I'm... Yeah. I've I actually was, played one. I was Dr. Love. <laughs> <laughs> Love, doctor. I'm going to have to do an exam. I'm, uh, I'm not officially a doctor, but, but, I, but I watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy with my wife. Enough said. Okay, although several recent expeditions have laid claim to being the first dive at the North Pole, the first dives at the top of the world were conducted during the Arctic Four Expedition by the led, Carpenters. Led by Dr. Joseph Mechanis in 1974. Oh, thought it was the Carpenters. I love that song. I'm on top of the world. Bad joke. That went nowhere. Karen and Karen Carpenter, what was her brother's name? I'm on top of the world looking down on creation. Come on, man. Anyway. Ice thickness was over two meters, six and a half feet. How did they cut it? They, they lasers. The, well, they had these sharks lasers. with fucking lasers, man. <laughs> they, they had these huge augers. Yeah, I've seen the, I've seen the video of, and then uh, they just start chipping out, you know, from there. But you got to climb down that hole. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that six feet ice hole. That's just like big enough for you and your gear to get down. Or I wonder if they, it's not you even. Got to be a real ice hole to cut. I know cut a lot of ice like holes. That. I've been uh, around a lot of ice holes. Um, well, actually, if you're a doctor of proctology, you would make your living with ice holes. The objectives of the Canadian Geological Survey divers, which took part in Dr. McGinnis's expedition in Resolute Bay at the North Pole from April 19th to May 3rd, 1974, were. Number one, to obtain diving experience in Arctic water with a professional diving team. And two, to assess the feasibility of performing simple measurement and sampling techniques underwater. And three, to make observations on sea ice and sediment pertinent to drift ice geological processes. Okay. Wake me up when you're done. (laughs) (laughs) This is an Anybody die yet? This is interesting (laughs) stuff. Did a plane crash yet? Did uh no? I, well, actually, they did lose. Did they have affairs uh, they with did, each other? Well, they they did lose a huge a huge tractor trailer. Oh really? Uh, pull, what, uh, what happened to it? Went through the ice. That sank into three hundred fifty feet of water. It went through the ice. Yeah, it's freaking six feet thick, and it went through the the ice. Three hundred fifty feet deep down to the bottom. Nobody was in it though. Eh? In that area where they were. What was in it that caused? I mean, a tractor trailer isn't. All hang that on, heavy. Hold that thought. I'm going to show oh, up. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, hang tight. We got we got a lot to do here. You're, jump, oh. you're jumping. 
Okay, sorry, man. Stay focused on uh, what Dr. McInnes said. He said, we are trying to change because you're so bored with this. You need to understand what Dr. McInnes was trying to say. He said that we are trying to change the consciousness of the Canadian people and awaken them to the fact that almost half of their country is underwater and it needs exploration and management and understanding. And bear, eh? (laughs) So take (laughs) off, hosers. If you don't know, it's underwater, eh? I do dramatic things to draw attention to the fact that we need this kind of exploration. We need to have young Canadians involved in this kind of challenge and what better way to be able to do it than to pick the pinnacle of diving that is the north pole word it's gonna name for a good musical group right there what's that the young canadians we're the young canadians the davy Bo- david bowie song did you ever hear that song yeah yep, yep. young canadian doesn't sound the same does it she was a young canadian no just doesn't f- doesn't roll doesn't flow no man she's not a young canadian we are the young, young canadian. canadians Young Canadian, no. young Canadian. Nope. Sorry, Canada. You're gonna have to get we your own the, David Bowie's. You're gonna have to get your own British punk rock. What are, dude. What are the, what are the Glenn, young glitz rock? Well, what was David Bowie? He was like well, glamour rock. What did they call? Well, because it? the young like, Canadians would wouldn't be you know dressed up and no, they'd have a uh, toques on. Yeah, what would young Canadians be? They'd where be, they wouldn't be dressed up and no. In her dad, glittery, makeupy, glam no, rock. They'd be in uh, toques and uh, pla- flannel, flannel, flannel jackets and yeah, boots. We are the young Canadians, okay. and we'll Assignment. be getting you some maple syrup. Assignment for next week is we'll have new lyrics to to David Bowie's hit song "Young Americans." So, um, in uh, 1975, they came out with a uh, feature length, you know, full hour long documentary. Uh, that chronicled this Arctic Four expedition. You got to give it to these guys doing that kind of diving back in that day. You got to give it to them. I'm going to give it to them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, I mean. That's uh, cred, man. Street cred. Ice cred, as we call it. Ice definitely cred. some ice cred. Ice cred. If you got ice cred. I give man. them ice props. Ice props. For, for pulling off a dive like I that back them. in the 70s. I give them ice. They have big ice balls. <laughs> <laughs> So the Arctic Four was so-called because this was the, the the one that they made the documentary on was the fourth one. They did a, they did an expedition in the summer, in the fall, in the winter, and then another one in the spring, which was the fourth mm-hmm. little expedition up there in the Arctic. Now, Doctor Joe McInnes and uh, five guys total. Five dudes. Yep. So, uh, so Doctor Joe McInnes and uh, five a couple hosers. guys. Five hosers, eh? <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, and five hosers went up to the geographical North Pole, um, and they were up there for three days. They were up there for yeah three days and did a and did days. a dive. So they have these huge military helicopters come rolling in to drop off Chinook supplies. Asses. Yeah, Chinooks. 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 Is that Chinooks like Eskimo Chinooks? No, Chinook salmon maybe, but that's racist. <laughs> you know, the whole, the only people really not screaming at racism. Thank you, Eskimos, for being civil, normal, because well, no, it's it's human it is, beings on this fucking it is, planet. It is politically incorrect to call them Eskimos now, but I can call Moes. But I can use that term because three Moes <laughs> took out that Chinook. <laughs> I can use that term because I'm speaking directly from the documentary where they use the term Eskimo, like. We take this Eskimo guy diving, eh? Well, he is an put Eskimo. Him the, put him in the hole, eh? <laughs> he is an Eskimo. Is Eskimo derogatory? Oh, he doesn't know how to swim, eh? <laughs> I just put him in the hole. Put the thingy in your mouth, eh? And you just keep breathing. <laughs> Hold your lips tight because it's going to be cold, eh? These are the guys that, the, that threw the gear on the Eskimo, yeah, dude? Yeah, Was he like a test good. Eskimo? It's, it's, yeah, yeah. In other words, he's the Teskimo. He's a Teskimo. <laughs> An Eskimo father and his family. Ludy Pudlock lives by the sea, but he's never been in it, except once when he fell while hunting. Now he will become one of the first Eskimos ever to go beneath the surface of his home. What happened to the other guy? Check it out. Here. <laughs> when do you leave for Grace Fjord? Yeah, they are. Monday. 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 Tomorrow. Monday. Tomorrow. They are. What time? Around 1 o'clock? Yeah, it's okay. If I make it down here. <laughs> You'll make it. That's perfect. Okay. 
Okay, come right back, Jess, because we're about ready. Okay. Like most northerners, Ludy cannot swim. It wouldn't do him much good. Okay, there's your air. Hey, you're gonna have to hold real tight your lips now, because that's that water will seep in there if you don't. Yeah, bite down on that. Yeah, bite down on that thing. Okay. There we go. <laughs> I, I, I have a li little difficult to breathe in. Breathe in. Just breathe through your mouth. Turn that right out, all the way. All the way out. All the way out. <laughs> breathe in hard, you can't through your mouth. Get here. Okay. Okay. All right, I got the line. You guys can even. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, don't right, worry about that. Right. Don't worry you, about when you that. want to go down, you hit this one over here, one. like that, okay? Okay, when you want to go down. There we go. Okay. Uh, we're going to go in, and there's a step down here, and you can step in. There we go. There we go, nice and easy. Yeah, you should float like a cork, eh? How about that? Just a pair of seals, huh? Yeah. Look at that breathing will get easier when you're underwater. Yeah, once you get in the water. Just take a long... Breathe normally. There you go, that'll take you down. He is carefully instructed that when he comes back to the surface, he must not hold his breath. The air breathed in under pressure will expand, bursting a lung, or driving air bubbles into his brain. In the three days they were, they, they cut a hole in the ice. They, they actually, it's odd, they, they found this... Um, break in the ice and uh where, where the water wasn't all that or the ice wasn't all that oh, thick. okay but they were diving in thirteen thousand feet of water so just deep black emptiness so after that little uh little side trip to start this thing off they, they moved down to resolute bay which was like a, another thousand mm -hmm. miles south south of geological thousand thousand miles south where they had a team of 50 men 50 men. 50 hosers, you yeah, mean. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, they, they had another 50 hosers. <laughs> 50, where'd they get 50 hosers? Well, I guess in Canada, to they're do, all over uh, the place. 50 hosers and two Eskimos to test. Teskimos, if you will. <laughs> Some Teskimos. But they, uh, and they can, you know, continued to do like another couple hundred dives um, over that period of time and put wow. together this uh, pretty cool expedition. Did all mm -hmm. kinds of stuff. Um couple guys went down for a full 24-hour period to knock out, uh, put a little habitat down. Hilarious because they uh, they tried to sink this habitat on the bottom of the seafloor. So they so it's just a bunch of Canadian dudes like... Hosers, you mean. <laughs> drinking brewskis. Smoking Take off, eh? They're like, you sink hey, it, eh? We got to sink this thing down there, eh? You sink it, eh? Do it, eh? Take off. Well, how about we dynamite... Uh, we do a dynamite... Uh, uh, anchor eh and we blow it in so they go <laughs> blow this thing in. yeah that didn't work eh <laughs> now, now what are we gonna do more dynamite eh beer and dynamite eh Posers. they decide to experiment with a new explosive anchor a charge of dynamite will drive the anchor 18 feet into the permafrost and hold the spit fast to the floor of the sea But the anchor fails to hold. Everything went well until a certain point, and then, uh, yeah. then we lost the anchor. What happened? Well, we were uh, we had reset the spid in the in the net that holds the dwelling part in place, eh? And we shifted around, and we were blowing air back in to the spid in order to get it to float up level, okay, and also to see whether our readjustment had worked properly. And it got to a certain point, and the spid took off the bottom, and it pulled the anchor out. And when we went down, it was just hanging there with no flukes on it and with all the mud and clay, just like you saw it in the tent. Eh? So that's basically what happened. Eh? And I'm very happy that 
the thing did pull out now because if we were in our dive and the thing worked loose and came free, then we would have been in serious trouble, eh? So, uh, but no, what, what they're saying is in simulation, it doesn't translate to really being 30, 40 mile an hour winds, well, negative no, 45, of course not. negative but 45 degrees. All the more degrees. reason you should try it in a light environment and see what you're going to run into minus well, that all they, of that, that stuff. That part they didn't do. Well, that's why I've always preached, let's go do a practice run. So this is where they try to sink this uh, spid, the mm-hmm. submersible, portable, inflatable dwelling. I want a spid. Onto the bottom. Billy, for the, for Billy the, what do you want for Christmas? I get a Santa, spin. can you bring me a spid? But, uh, let's, uh, you got to so, wonder about these guys. Did they ever do anything like that in a, an environment that wasn't as harsh as the North Well, Pole? so it, interesting enough is they, they make mention that you can't do this stuff in simulation. That's why it was so important you to do. You can set up a habitat in, in simulation in another place. You just can, say, okay, this is how we it, do it. Yes, yeah. you can, but because they do talk to the guys via telephone to to a to a team that's down in the Bahamas. <laughs> like <laughs> in the habitat down there. Like Hey how's man. The, how's the diving where you are, eh? We're Canadian, eh? Hey man. Yeah, like, nah, man, the water's uh <laughs> the water's fine the water, here, man. <laughs> like, yeah, it's negative one Celsius <laughs> up here, eh? It's a bit toasty here, man. Grand Bahama Island is on the edge of the Gulf Stream. 50 feet beneath the surface is a place called Hydrolab. It's been anchored here for four years, which makes it the longest continuous manned underwater station in the world. Men have lived in it for 14 days a time. Now on a unique radio telephone hookup, the men in Hydrolab can communicate via satellite with the men in SPID under the polar ice. Is this Hydrolab? Uh, no, 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 no. This is a Hydrolab Habitat, Freeport, Alabama. Do you read, Evan? Yeah, this is uh, Jim English calling from uh, Resolute Bay. I'm I'm down here with with your your master, Bob Wickland. Oh, it's gone real good. We've been in about uh, 20 hours now. We're sitting around underneath the ice out here, freezing to death. What's it like down in the hydrolab? Yeah, so we really blew the hell out of that one, eh? Hey, not enough beer, you hoser, eh? <laughs> so take off. Take off. Beauty way to go, eh? So uh, so anyway, so so later on they end up just uh, floating it underneath the sheet. Send these uh, couple divers down to do uh, uh, 24 hours in, 24 hours under. Wow. So they floated it up so it's just like pinned against the ice. Right. So they, they so they stayed yeah. in this little habitat, which is smaller than this little room we're in. And uh, they, they use that as home base for uh, for an extended period of time to kind of test. <laughs> you see this guy take this pellet to... Uh, uh, Telemetry for uh, what's going on inside you. Yeah, but to measure uh, his core body temperature the oh, whole time. Oh, yeah, and, telemetry. Yeah. But he, he pounds it down with a brew. <laughs> So, Beauty, eh? <laughs> so look, look at that! Look at that! Look at his face. <laughs> he looks like uh, one of the McKenzie brothers. They're in long underwear yeah, yeah. and flannel. Yeah, yeah, so. Okay, why don't you pop it down? Okay. Divers drinking a radio pill, which will uh, give us an indication of his deep body temperature. Down. It hit. Oh. <laughs> Fast. Okay, here we go. As the, uh, as the pill warms up, the pitch will rise. 
and it's this rising pitch that is used by the electronic equipment to uh, to measure the temperature deep in the body. It's starting to rise now. It'll take about a minute, minute and a half to get up to body temperature. Would you like it this way? Two divers will spend 24 hours working in sub-freezing water. The normal stresses of diving will be greatly multiplied, and their vital signs will be closely watched on the surface. Down here, we don't get too obscene here. Smoking, smoking. I thought you were such a tough guy, but you've got all this candy-ass underwear on. I believe in dressing for the situation. Uh, you don't want to be underdressed. Okay. Is your weight belt up that high? No. So there's the new, there's the habitat now floating. Uh -huh. So they did some core sampling on the bottom, um, looking at oil spills and, and oil leakages over the years that have occurred with tankers moving through. They ended up doing a uh, a deep dive. So they're going to do a try to do a 250 foot dive. Wow, under the ice. But, yeah. but they're uh, under the ice. Yeah. So they're arguing about trying to figure out how deep the ice is. Where they're going to cut. But you're asking how how they cut. In a classical kind of adventure that has novelty and excitement, an extraordinary background in in the Arctic and this huge white expanse and and an ocean that no one knows anything about. And if the only way to draw attention is to do dramatic things, well, we'll go to the North Pole and we'll put stations underneath the ice. The last job for Arctic 4 is a deep dive to test man's ability to function adequately in both deep and frigid waters. They need at least 250 feet of water. They're using charts which at best are approximate, and it's pretty well a hit or miss operation. Do you want to bet on how thick it is? I bet you a dollar's less than uh, five feet. Well, I hope it's more than a couple inches. You or else we've been traveling. No, come there. on, man. <laughs> oh, you can't say less than. You got to say. Exactly. All right, I bet you a Canadian dollar. Oh, they're gonna put oh. him in a chamber. Yeah. So, so they got a chamber to boot. They got a full commercial dive setup here. If only we had a chamber. Everywhere we, we went. Do. Yeah, that way you don't have to deco in the water. You can come out, you got a couple minutes to get into the chamber. I can't remember what, I think it's four minutes, and that's called Sir DO2. We used to practice this all the time. You do your last stop at 40 feet, and then you go right to the surface. They get you out of your gear. You have four minutes from you breaching surface to uh, getting into the chamber and blown back down to 40 feet, and then you start decoing on oxygen. The long trip home in that little coffin, coffin yeah, chamber? chamber? Yeah, yeah, the chambers aren't too bad. I mean... That was about the size of the one we had. Yeah, it's, they're not bad. They don't, they're not comfortable because it's curved. Yeah. And it's yeah. a hard floor. Yeah, you probably not just like you had in a there. bed or anything. You're you probably just laying in there. Yeah, they threw some mats in there for you, and yeah, you just. <laughs> that one just looked like a chunk of steel. That's all they are. I mean, that's the, about right, the same right, one the, we've had. Yeah. It's well, you crazy. could hear him kind of climbing. It was like cling, cling, cling. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, he probably didn't even have a, a blanket on the bottom. It's cold when you go in, but when they start pressurizing it, it warms up. It's yeah, nice. I can imagine that. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The diver is all right. Arctic 4 is over. Everybody can go home to study the mountain of scientific data and prepare themselves for Arctic 5. The warm climb. That's right. Oh. My kingdom for, for a, a warm hot climb. shower. <laughs> my kingdom for a warm climb. Guitar. Little, little, little hippie guitar songs. Another. Jamaican me crazy with the Jamaican farewell sung by a bunch of hosers, eh? So that was the, the first official polar diving expedition other people went after but those were really the first official yeah the I canadians were the first ones up there to beauty to really do it. now they're doing a lot of these expeditions out of like norway areas where they're oh yeah how can we make yeah, fun of the norwegians <laughs> the Finns too i would imagine they're into it aren't they so dr mckinnis uh in a in a speech to the empire club of canada is that like the Explorers Club? Yeah, kind of, kind of. But it's Canadian, eh? Canadian uh, K 
Canadian explorers, adventurers, you know, in his, you know, he's talking about, you know, the exploration of the Arctic region and environmental protection, of course. He mentions that the past five years of northern expeditions have allowed me for two to three months of each year to spend time in the pursuit of knowledge. But it's more than that. It's the excitement of classical adventure. It's the pursuit of self-awareness in an environment that is both hard and lovely. An environment that forces the best physical and mental effort from anyone who confronts it on its own terms. You all know the Arctic from reading about it in books, and some of you know it personally from your own experiences. It is a place of myth and misconception, but a theater of exciting opportunity. Beauty. I have nothing to, to, to add to that. They didn't mention anything about Santa. No, but he does say that the underwater Arctic is the most hostile environment in the world. We know this from firsthand experience. They're, That's assuming uh, you've been to every other hostile environment in the world. Come on now, man. That's hard to say. He's not really comparing. That's a he's, superlative he's assuming... that's unvalidatable. Uh, their team made nine expeditions, traveled some 50,000 miles across northern Canada to such diverse sites as the North Slope of Alaska, the Queen Elizabeth Islands, and the North Pole. Since 1970, they conducted 40 projects and made 715 dives north of the Arctic Circle. Nice. Some 75 individuals representing many disciplines and small rotating scientific teams were involved. So speaking about the, the North Pole specific dive, he says that we landed at the pole and remained there for 63 hours. At the top of the world, the forces team dropped us via helicopter and then parachuted our diving and camping gear. There were five of us and we were very alone. There, were, there was no loneliness more complete. We were 450 miles from the nearest land. The ice was some 15 feet thick, and below that, about 14,000 feet of water. We conducted 14 dives and spent 10 hours beneath the surface, diving down to a maximum depth of about 100 feet on that mm -hmm. North Pole expedition, you know, the 1,000 the miles north right. of Resolute Bay. Our presence at the North Pole was important, not only to science and technology, but also to Christmas stories, he says. Very nice. Where they had presents of Frosty the Snowman. Frosty lives there too, eh? And Old Sandy Claus. Old Saint Nick. The North Pole Project confirmed that Canada has a capability to put small teams of divers anywhere below its Arctic Ocean. If these waters are truly Canadian and their management our responsibility, we must have the capability to operate above and below them. True that, A. He must have had a speechwriter. <laughs> There's no A's. There's no A's. He does yeah. not call a single hoser out. If these waters are truly Canadian, A, their management our responsibility, A, we need to be knowing what we can do down there, eh? We need eh. to have hosers ready to dive, eh? This was the first time that man had dived at the North Pole. We located faint hints of life in small slivers of almost transparent protoplasm and found the clearest waters than any of us had ever seen. We could see for about a quarter mile. Now, do you really truly believe that it was the first time divers have been there under, under the ice at the North Pole? I'm going to say no. You know our military has sent divers down out there. You know they did. You know it. You know it. I don't know. No, we, I know. We found they did. We found Trust time. me. <laughs> he says, we found time for humor. <laughs> it was an essential ingredient in any northern expedition and an important lubricant for the hardship. And we listened to some <laughs> Getty Lee, eh? Which is why Take off. This is why it's okay for us to make hoser jokes. Yeah, yeah. Because I think old uh, Dr. McInnes yeah. would... would would appreciate would, would appreciate these jokes. It's out of respect for our brothers and sisters in the north. Here's an example he mentions. He shows a, he showed a picture of a diver walking upside down at the North Pole. Has his suit inflated with air and its buoyancy holds him up against the ice. That's very funny. Very funny joke, eh? <laughs> hey, look at me. I'm upside down, eh? Let me drink my beer upside down, you hosers. So he closes out by saying a lot of attention is given today to endangered animals. For example, there is great concern about the future of the great whales, an essential part of our world, suffering the threat of extinction. Every 14 minutes, another whale is killed, and for no rational reason. I suggest that we must also be careful to preserve those special human beings who are ready to take risks and accept challenges. They are rare animals with critical vision and initiative. They make 
any enterprise productive. Unless we are careful, we will lose them. How ironic. Without knowing it, we would have lost one of the most valuable of the endangered species. So there you go, old uh, Dr. McInnes and the Arctic 4 expedition. Hats off. Took's off, eh? Take off, you hosers. I salute you with my toque. Uh, I take my toque off to you. Yeah, later uh, later documented as the uh, the Arctic diving observations at Resolute Bay, 1974, by good old uh, uh, Joe McInnes, who went on to be uh, known as one of uh, Canada's greatest explorers. In uh, Canadian Geographic, they uh, they honor him as a diving luminary with an expertise in paleontology, archaeology, diving, water, and adventure. They say that uh, whatever you do, don't call Joe McInnes an aquanaut. Oh, he will destroy you, man. Did, did you just call me an aquanaut? Don't. I'm an aqua hoser, don't, eh? Don't, don't, definitely don't call him an aquanaut after he's had a couple Canadian clubs, eh? Hey. <laughs> Take off. That word means everything and nothing, the godfather of Canadian deep sea explorers told the Canadian Geographic. Indeed, the cartoonish term doesn't even come close to encapsulating McInnes's numerous accomplishments, many of which can read something like out of a Clive Cussler novel. Leader of the first team to explore the waters beneath the North Pole, the discovery in 1980 of Breadalbane, the world's northernmost known shipwreck, which sank in 1853 off Beachy Island in the Canadian Arctic, and among the first to dive the wreck of the Titanic. So no, not Aquanaut, but legend should do so Just nicely. Aqua hoser. So yeah, we're gonna have to take off you hosers. Uh, big, uh, big thanks to all you uh, Canadians out there that listen to the show. Thank you very much for your uh, kind patronage and friendship, and uh, putting up with our hoser jokes all day today. I yes, know, all in good I know fun. that's a not a that's again, it's not a politically correct term anymore. It was very popular. political correctness. It was man. very popular a couple of decades ago. It was a, yeah. just a friendly little. But nowadays, it's, I think Canada was proud to have the Mackenzie brothers as like a spokes spokespeople for the it was great back in the, those days oh man it was i don't think they back Canadian in high school you know how many times i watched that movie back yeah. in high school beauty way eh? oh beauty beauty all right on that note sign my logbook eh? hey take off you hoser love getty lee nice dive hoser zip your suit eh? <laughs> hey so ho 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 to everybody we'll see you uh see you next week Okay, good day. This is our Christmas part of the album, and you can play this at your Christmas parties uh, or to yourself on Christmas Eve if there's nothing else to do. Good day, eh? Yeah. In case you thought, like, I wasn't on this part. Oh, I guarantee you, you'd be on. Okay, so good day. This is the Christmas part, and we're going to tell you what to get uh, your true love for Christmas. <laughs> Look out the window. Where? <laughs> what are you doing? Snow. What? Oh, head. it's a great white north. And it's snowing because it's Christmas time. Hey, Hoser. What? Uh, here's a quiz. Quiz for Doug. Okay, I have my thinking toque on. Yeah, right. What are the 12 days of Christmas? Just um, figure it out, right? Christmas is when? Uh, the 25th. Right. And what's the 24th? Christmas Eve, right? That's, so that's two. two. And then what's after that? Uh, Boxing uh, wrestling day. day. No. Get Boxing out. day, yeah, yeah. That's three. I know. Then what's after that? Nothing. New Year's. Four. And what's New Year's Eve? Five. Okay. Where do you get 12? Uh, there's two Saturdays and Sundays in there. That's four. That's nine. And three other days, which I believe are the mystery days. Oh. Okay, now, this is our Christmas song. In case you don't know what to get somebody for Christmas. There's lots of ideas in here, so listen and don't get stuck. Okay. By the way, that's me on the organ. You start. Okay. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a beer. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtlenecks and a beer. Okay. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three French toast, two turtlenecks and a beer. Okay. That should be more there, right? 
love gave to me. Four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. See, oh, yeah. More. A fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five golden toques, four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. Okay, on the sixth, two golden Christmas, my true love gave to me six packs of two for five golden toques. Four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. Okay. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me seven packs of smoke. Yeah. Oh, six packs of two five golden toques. Four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. This should just be the two days of Christmas. It's too hard for us. Um, go home. Oh, the eight day days when the true gave to me. Eight comic books, seven, seven packs of smokes, six packs of two for five. And a beer. Yeah, that beer is empty. Okay, day uh, 12. Good day. And welcome to day 12. Yeah. Golden toots. Four pounds of bag making three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. Where did you learn to do that? Uh, albums? Bonus. So, like, that's our song. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And good day. Good day. Down at the market, you can hear ladies cry and walk. I rice, no fish are nice, and the rummies fine any time of year. Sad to say, I'm on my way. Won't be back for many a day. My heart is down, my head <laughs> Have some more Alaska gas, my friend. <laughs>